Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to today's episode of Uncaked Heroes. We're grateful that you've taken some time out of your day to sit back, relax, meet yet another amazing, ordinary person that does extraordinary things in the world that we live in. My name is Stacey Johnston. Honored to be here with you. And equally as honored to sit alongside my co-host, Cassie Holland. How are you today, Cassie? I am doing great. Doing. I am doing great. Excuse me. Um, looking forward to the conversation. How are you? Uh, me too. I- I'm wonderful. Why do you look forward to them? I mean, you th- think about your life. You homeschool three children. You have animals. You have jujitsu. You have ballet. You have a, a beautiful husband and a beautiful home, and yet you take time out of your day to have these conversations in the middle of all of that. Why? Because in the middle of all of that, I don't get a whole lot of time to explore, right? So this gives me an opportunity to meet people that I would not normally have the chance to meet and talk with, and we get to bring out the extraordinary and the ordinary, and I think that that is awesome. I love it. Mm. Mm. I do too. You know, I think it adds a level of, and I'm going to use culture, right, at this point, for lack of a better word. I think it adds a level of culture to my world that I would miss otherwise. You know, we can sit in our living room in a day and go from New Jersey to Wisconsin to West Africa to India and have these amazing experiences and conversations with people from so many different walks of life. And I think that's, I think that's what culture is about, right, is that introduction like you've said many times, from all sides, right? You've said more than once that when you teach your children homeschool, you think it's your, you feel like it's your obligation to teach them from all sides. And I love that concept. But I think that's what it does for me in my, my world. It, it adds all different sides to my existence, right? Instead of it just being this flat line, it's this dimensional shape of amazing. I really love it. Have a great time with it. So without further ado, let's get this show on the road today. We have a a lovely lady joining us from New Jersey today. Uh, Rita, welcome. Thank you so much, Stacey and Kathy. It's great to be here. Uh, we're, we're glad that you're with us. So how about you kick us off? Tell us, who is Rita? What do you do? Why do you do that? And how can we connect with you? Uh, big question. You're good with the questions, Stacey, let me tell you. Um, So my name is Rita Denoyer Garcia, and I am from New Jersey, and I am, um, I would say, you know, the old saying, I'm a spiritual being having, or I'm a physical being having a spiritual experience, and I would say one of the main reasons how I do that is by being a mother of three children um, and a wife. These are the different roles I play. And then I'm also uh, a coach. I coach women, moms, professional moms, what I call professional moms. Those are moms who are raising their children and then also involved in their passion, their job, their career. So they're juggling a lot of balls in the air. And why I do that is because I was one of those moms who was really struggling with trying to control everything and trying to please everyone. And I made a lot of misery for myself and others doing that. And I found some amazing strategies and tools that really helped me love myself, 
make myself a priority, um, allow myself to have so much compassion for myself that it just, it just dripped out of me so that other people could also feel compassion. And it really changed the game of what my life was about. It really helped me realize that um, not only do I play an important role, but that I am important and that I need to treat myself as important so that I can really life, live life from a, a different place. And so when I realized all that, I noticed all of these moms around me, some were friends, some were acquaintances, who also looked pretty miserable. And I ended up emailing them and saying, hey, guys, I learned some pretty amazing things that I love to share with you. Is anyone game? And about three or four people said yes. And that was my first group. And um, after that, and that went on for a couple years after that, then I started working with people individually. And, and I come from a social work background, which is another role I play, social worker. So um, I had a lot of skills already kind of embedded in me, and then I got to expand them through the coaching. And um, it's been a whirlwind and so satisfying. I get more excited when other people, when I witness other people's changes than even when I make change, even though I'm ecstatic when I can make a change or a shift in my life. Um, and I just love doing something that I get to learn from and better my life and then share it with someone else and watch them better their lives. I think that's like just the best. And, mm. um, I just love doing it. And, and I, you know, to tell you the truth, if I was an accountant, I would love it if, if I loved doing it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I found something that I really love to do, and that's why I think I do it well and how I uh, influence others that this is a good idea too. I think it would be whatever I did if I fell in love with it, this was the position I would be in, to tell you the truth. But this is the one that I picked is coaching. So I just wanted to say that because, not everyone's a coach. Some people are accountants or plumbers or, um, you know, maids or sewer workers or garbage men or flight attendants. You know what I mean? If you right. love it, then it's contagious. Yes. And then you Absolutely. become great at it. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that. Add that one I, in. I think that's such, <laughs> a, you know, that's such a wonderful secret to success when – I was, when we were growing up, my grandmother would tell us, find something you love to do and find a way yeah. for people to pay you for that and you'll find success. Yes. You know what? I didn't yeah. understand it when I was 10, but I totally get yes. it at 50, right? I totally oh, get what she was talking about. How many people get up every day and take their job? Right, and I so know, that it's, it's, it's so hard to have your influence be a positive attribute to you when you, yeah. when you don't enjoy your existence, you know, in the, in the thing you're doing. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I've what met people thing. who do jobs that I would never want to do, and mm -hmm. they're so good at them and they love them so much. They become kind of, I call them my earth angels. So, mm -hmm. like, like I bring up accounting again. My accountant, I feel like, is an angel. Because he's so, he gets it. He, he just brings love to everything he does. He's so nice. He makes me, helps me understand stuff that I don't understand. And it's such a pleasure to pay him for that because it's such a service to me to not have to do that. And he ca I can mm -hmm. tell he cares. You know, it's not just right. about what I'm paying him. 
He loves doing it. Yeah. So I feel like my, the plumbers are like my heroes, you know. They've saved my butt quite a few times. So I love it. I love it. If it could just be that simple. You know, it, and it really is. It really is that simple. But it's so difficult at the same time to come to that place. You know, I think that's one of the things yeah. I've learned, I've noticed in this podcast. We started a couple of years ago with this, with this podcast and this concept and, and meeting all these beautiful, amazing people around the world. And when, when it first started a couple of years ago, there was a lot of conversation about um, helping each other, right? Coming together, lend in hand, helping. It, it was, there was so much of that community. And then as it's morphed this last, right now, I hear so much more self-grace. Mm. Uh, right self-priority. Give yourself some space. Love who you are. Find who that is. It's really, that, that concept yeah. has really changed in where people, where, where, where the growth is going, where the movement is. Yeah. It's been really fun to watch well, the morph. Yeah. I feel like there's an energy, I mean, there's lots of theories out there, and I can't prove this. It's, I, the only thing is I see evidence in my own world. So it's not based on any scientific study here, but I've noticed that the energy has shifted to exactly what you said. It's um, people recognizing that they have a limited amount of time on this planet in this meat suit that we're in. And um, it's time to prioritize loving themselves, being kinder to themselves, being kinder to other people, doing what they really love. And that that's what the world needs. You know, I think there was a quote, something like, um, don't ask what the world needs. Love yourself. Do that. That is what the world needs, right? You automatically yeah. Yeah. bring to the world what it needs when you do that. So I just notice a lot of people either, you know, and it comes through in a lot of ways, either people have a health crisis and they change that, change their health, or they have a breakup in the relationship where they're, they quit their job or they get fired or they discover something new. They, usually it's a crisis-born change mm-hmm. uh, most change is um that's the way we're kind of programmed so i've just noticed that over the last couple of years people are asking these bigger questions um right. are, you know why am i here what am i doing what's the purpose and discovering that part of their purpose is to really just um have deep compassion for themselves and others and that will that kind of lifts your boat and it lets it flow down in the stream of what you're, why you're here. Um, you know, instead of, we tend to um, use our thinking a lot to try to get there. You know, we're solving the mystery of, you know, with our minds. And I feel like so much of that tends to be kind of flailing around in the water, trying to go upstream instead of just gliding downstream. So um, that's been my experience is, so much easier when you kind of surrender to, you know, the love that you are. And when you do that, everything seems to kind of fall into place and the synchronicities that happen and, you know, bizarre things that are kind of fun that you never thought were possible. And I get surprised every day by what happens, you know, um, weird stuff that happens, you know, and I go, oh, this is okay. This is interesting. Um, and when you can kind of just go with it, it's so much more fun <laughs> than when you're trying to, like, muscle through and control everything. 
Totally agree. Cass, where does that take you? Well, to self-grace is kind of my jam, so I'm I'm on board with the whole thing, right? I think that, you know, people people giving themselves grace is yeah. Something I talk about a lot, right? But it's so hard. Yeah. So let me ask you a question in a different direction. If there was a definition for hero that you have come up with in your experience, what would that be? And is there somebody in your life that you consider that? Yeah. So the definition, you know, I, I, it's a good question. I would say someone who's a hero is someone who is true to themselves, true to the truth of who they are. Um, And that allows them to act um, in a way that maybe seems superhuman or miraculous or, um, uh, as my mother would say, yeoman service or beyond. Um, And it could be in very little ways, you know. Um, Like I said, I feel like, you know, one of my heroes is my plumber because he's always there when I need him and I don't know what's going on and he's always very calm. But um, I would say I think we're all heroes in our lives when we allow ourselves to be. That may sound like a, a cop-out of a definition, but hear me out on that. I, I think we're all here to play out something that needs to be played out. And when we can see ourselves as a hero in our own movie, and this is not original at all. This is taken from a lot of teachers that I've studied. What, what I've found that is we go through kind of um, common patterns where we're challenged, where we're called to adventure, where we resist it, where we have to have trials and tribulations, where we're victorious, where we have maybe some despair. But if we keep just standing up, when we fall down, um, we really can tap into that heroic side of ourselves. And, you know, Joseph Campbell has talked about this, the hero's journey. I think everyone has the capability within them to be that hero. My personal, the one that I, when you were asking me these questions, what I really thought about was my mom, because, and that sounds very, you know, like, maybe cliche, but so my mom and dad had six children. Well, they had more than that, but six live births. And my mom lived at a time post-World War II where women's ability to do different things, you know, in the work world was very limited. So she was a little ahead of her time. She had her own job. She worked in New York City. Um, She was a secretary, um, And so she did that, was very independent, and then met my dad after World War II. And then, you know, everyone just got married after World War II. It was just, like, horrific. It's like, let's just have a family and get married. So they got married. And um, 
she wanted nothing else to, but to have children, and it, she really struggled with that. Um, and looking back now, it's like, really, Mom? Come on, you had six kids, but in the beginning it was a struggle. So she did a lot to keep busy. You know, she um, volunteered to um, be on patrol at night to see if, like, enemy planes were coming over because that was a fear people had, that enemy planes would come over the U.S., um, so she did that, and she took care of her invalid parents. Um, she, in fact, when she and my dad got married, they got married. Um, they had the reception in the house where their parents were because their, their parents were literally, you know, bedridden. And, and then she started having all these children, and she made it look like easy peasy. I mean, I didn't realize how good she was as a parent until I became a parent, which is, you know, not uncommon. Um, and I only have three, so I had half the amount as my mother. And I just remember saying to her, how do you do this without, like, drinking really heavily? Like, this is really hard, <laughs> you know? And she was just like, oh, honey, you know, she always had, like, the right thing to say. She's like, you can't control it all. You just have to go with it. Do your best. You're doing great. And, you know, but she, you know, had a lot of kids. And in, a, in an era where a lot of people had a lot of kids, to tell you the truth, and we grew up Catholic, so that was kind of like, you know, if you only had three kids, you were kind of slacking off, you know. It was like, <laughs> but, um, but she managed to raise us very well. All of us are very different from each other. She, um, you know, had me when she was in her 40s, and I think she thought she was done with having children, and I kind of came, um, I was a bit of a surprise. So I could just Im- only imagine what she was thinking when she realized that, you know, she thought she was done, and then, oops, I'm having another one. You know, I was just like, you know, thanks for going through with it, Mom. I appreciate, you know, like I'm very grateful for that. And obviously that was never a choice for her that she would even conceive of. Um, but I thought, gosh, that, that would have been really hard if I was her, you know. And yet she kind of took it all with grace. And she never said a bad word about anyone. Like I never got, like, I mean, my mother got angry, but she's human, but she never had, like, she was never gossipy. I never got um, a feeling from her that she was talking, you know, smack about anyone. She never swore. She, um, she was very, like, you, you, if saying shut up was, like, a big deal in our house, like, you just don't do that. She was very polite very nice. All of my friends loved her. They just thought she was the best. And um, she just was kind of Olympian mother in that, you know, when you watch the Olympics and you think, I could, I could do that. I think I'm going to go try that. And then you realize that's like really, really hard. That is was like watching my mom. Like I watched my mom and she's like, oh, she does all this stuff. It's do like that big a deal. And then when I became a parent, I realized this is so much harder than I thought. How did she do this with six kids? Like, how is that even possible? I don't know how she did it. And we hardly ever had babysitters, by the way. Like, when my parents, my parents would go out at night, um, they'd have a date every Saturday night, um, like a dinner date. And most of the time I was taken care of by my siblings, but when 
everyone was really little. Sometimes she'd have a babysitter come in, which I hated, by the way, but I somehow right. survived. And, um, and I'd always wonder, why is she going out? Like, why does she need to leave us to go out, you know? And then, mm-hmm. obviously, when you get older, you're going, oh, why didn't she go out more often, you know? Right. But, oh, um, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I get it. You need to be with adults, right? But she just, she was a a Cub Scout leader. She was a den mother. She was, she volunteered for stuff. She, she started um, playing tennis, learning how to play tennis in her fifties. She got a, uh, flew a plane. She got her pilot's license um, because she admired Amelia Earhart. And because my dad also had his license and he wanted her to be able to land the plane in case he was uh, subdued for some reason. Um, she was just really good with my dad, you know, just, um, was able to be an emotional translator, you know, um, volunteered for the church. So she just, she just embodied that wholesome, innocent, strong, and integrity, modest, um, but there were lines that she would not cross, um, for her, it was, I had a gym class where the girls wrestled as well as the boys. They didn't wrestle together, but the girls learned wrestling, and I realized she did not like that. She was just like, this doesn't happen. And she went and she talked to the gym teacher, and I don't know if I got out of gym for that, but I thought, wow, I didn't know she had it in her, you know. So she would hmm. do things like that. And um, we definitely butt heads, you know, because I was very, uh, as soon as I left home, I became very much more left than my parents. I think that's kind of a natural progression for a lot of young people. But I also realized that they respected me and loved me and they would never um, throw me out of the house or condemn me or disown me because of we differed in our opinion. And I realized that that was not, um, that that was not common for a lot of families that I met, people that right. I met were literally thrown out of the house or disowned if they didn't agree with their parents. And I was like, wow, I'm really lucky that my parents, you know, they may question me or debate me or give me some, you know, like, hey, you may want to think about that or watch out. But they would, I never got the feeling like, well, you're going to need to leave home and we don't talk to you anymore. Like, yeah. never. So right. what an amazing way to grow up, you know. Absolutely. They definitely had their Absolutely. opinions, but they were free and open and secure enough in those opinions that I could have a different one. Um, I, may, I better make sure I know why I have it and have, you know, good arguments. Um, but I love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's an amazing way to grow up. I agree with you. You know, I agree with you. I had a wonderful childhood myself, and I had, you know, I got, I got no complaints. I have a, I can't even ever use that, you know, can't go back and go, but it was because I had a fabulous childhood. And growing up, and I had yeah. great parents, and we have a great family to this day, and honored by that. Yeah. So, yeah. if you look at the things that you've learned, right from this little girl that you were in a family of six children, to the coach that you stand as today, right, this physical being, having the spiritual experience on earth with the rest of us, What's one last lesson that you've learned along the way you think everybody ought to know? Um, I think the biggest lesson for me is 
um, it's not about what happened in your life. It's about your relationship to that. Um, and this, once again, is not original. It's from this guy, Robert Scheinfeld, who's a great teacher. And it's, it's your relationship to what's going on that colors your whole thought process, belief system, your perception, and how you react to something. So I don't worry so much about what's going to happen anymore, which is so free. What I focus on is what do I want my relationship to be like with that? Do I want to be resistant to it? Do I want to hate it? Do I want to be afraid of it? Or do I want to be okay with it and surrender and go with it and be with it and, and, and have grace with it and, you know, let God lead me? Mm. Amen. You know, and that's the hard part right there. First, people to even say, much less do. You know, in this world around yeah. today, how hard is it for someone to say, and let God lead me, much less step up and, in fact, let God lead you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Challenge one. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the, well, because we're such control freaks. <laughs> yeah, we are. Find yourself <laughs> rationalizing with God. Like, is that all you got? Sorry, Cass, what did you say? I have to remind myself constantly that his timing is the only timing. His timing is the only timing. Right, right, right. And, you know, when people are like, oh, well, God is good. And it's like, well, all the time. Because, like, we say God is good when we're happy or things go our way or we get our preference. And it's like, no, 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 no. A lot of times you're not going to get your preference. And, you're, and you may be even glad about that. You may look back and go, whew, thank God I didn't get what I wanted there. So it's, the goodness doesn't go away if you don't get what you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, like because that. you're still breathing and alive to experience it, whether it's good or bad. Right. And even if you die, which you're going to, which you're going to that'll happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Who yeah. knows? We don't yeah. even, that's the next adventure. It is. So let me ask you one more question. If you could put yeah. a one-liner of advice on a T-shirt as, as your statement to the world, what would it say? I would say you are loved, so love yourself. Mm. Do I love that? You are loved, so love yourself. What yeah, just start doing it. Just start doing it any way you can. And it could be, you know, I'm going to need a nap or I'm going to start eating better food or I'm going to say no to that thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I heard you say a couple of things along the way. I want to make a point to your mom. And you said she was your hero and that was kind of cliche. You know, to me... Uh, Batman would have been cliche. Okay? <laughs> right, right. Right. For you for you to own your mom and, and recognize her as a hero, I hope she knows you feel that way about her. I mean, what a beautiful thing. Isn't that what we all want at the end of the day yeah. as parents and as people is for somebody to go, what a heroic life they live. Hmm? I you know, when she was she beautiful. she she passed away and when she was uh, get, presenting signs that she was 
dying, you know, like not wanting to eat and stuff like that. She kind of had a protracted, you know, passing. Uh, you know, I was not there with her, and so I started meditating, and I just said, Mom, just you can go. It's going to be okay. You'll get to see your sisters and your brothers. It's going to be fine. You can let go. You know, it was like you did a great, you had a great life. You did so well. You did so well. And then I went to see, and unfortunately, I did not see her passing, but I saw her after, which is, if you've ever seen that, you know, you know the person's not there anymore, right? And, right. and I just said to her, you know, so well done, so well done. And about three weeks later, I was walking down the street, and I said, oh, Mom, you know, I'm worried about such and such. And she just, I just heard her words say to me, you are doing such a good job. You have no idea how good a job you're doing. Just keep going. You know, you're doing great. And I could really feel that. And I was just like, wow, now that she's passed, I get to talk to her all the time. Right? Instant connection. Whereas before, especially because she had some dementia, you know, conversations were really hard. And I was just like, wow, you know, as much as you don't want people to die, I think she's much more accessible to me now than she was when she was in, in the physical. And, and she's free now. She's not, she's not burdened by her body anymore. So, I mean, that's how I feel about it. What a beautiful concept. What a beautiful concept. I, I share some of that with you. Um, I love it. I, what a great conversation this has been. I know that I could just keep having it. Right, and we can just keep on talking, but with respect to you, Rita, as our guest and your time and with respect to our audience, we are going to have to find a place to wind down. I would love for our audience to always remember that we're brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If we can serve you in some way, if you'd like to share your story with us, if you just need someone to talk to, please, we're interested in what you have to say. Reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com. I'm going to take my moment to close by saying, Rita, thank you so much for your time, for joining us from New Jersey, for your transparency and your story of your journey and your walk, and for the service that you provide in this space that you give to those working moms to make them recognize that they're, they're worth all the time and effort. I, I appreciate you very much. I'm so honored to have gotten to know you. Kathy, how would you like to leave our audience today? You know, self-grace kind of seems to be a theme for the day, so I would like to leave our audience with a challenge, you know, it's okay to be human. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to normalize plan B. So today I would like you to practice giving yourself a little bit of grace because it's okay. Beautiful. Thanks for anybody that feels the need for permission. I think you just got it. Go give yourself some grace today. Rita, we would be honored. If you would take the stage for us, give us the last 90 seconds and close out our show. How would you like to leave our audience today? Oh, well, I thank you so much, Stacey and Kathy, for this opportunity. And I just want to, you know, double down on what Kathy was saying. You know, whatever you're feeling is okay. You get to feel it. And just remember that if you're feeling alone or afraid, there's always, there's always an energy that is enveloping you, whether you can feel it or not. So if you can just remember that you are enveloped in love because you come from love and you are love. Um, 
then sometimes when you can remember that, you can access a little of that love for yourself. So that's all I want to say there. Thank you so much.